Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. I am your host. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was spoken to believers, the believers in Ephesus from the Apostle Paul, not unbelievers. The Lord wants to awake our hearts. He wants to breathe upon the church. He wants us to receive by faith his word and his promises so we can manifest the kingdom. He wants us to yield our lives to him and see him for who he truly is so that we can manifest Jesus and walk and live as he lived on the earth so we can truly be the shining glorious bride that he has made us to be in the spirit. And so I'm excited to dive into the show here today. I've got a friend of mine, an incredible guest um, who is a powerful man of God, has an incredible ministry. And um, yeah, with no further ado, honestly, I would love to just dive right in here, tell you a little bit about him. His name is John Veal. He is a senior pastor and prophet of Enduring Faith Christian Center and the CEO of John Veal Ministries. He is passionate about pursuing God's mandate to preach, teach, impart, and activate people in the prophetic. And John is a regular contributor to the Charisma Magazine Online, Elijah List, and many others. John has also been featured on various media outlets. You probably, you know, if you've heard of him, you've probably seen him on Sid Roth at Supernatural, Something More, Elijah Streams. Dr. Veal is also a highly sought after conference speaker, you know, due to his gifting you know, his prophetic ministry, his candor, his his preaching style. Um, I know him personally. He's such a quality individual, true man of God. He's not just one way on camera and another way off. He's just a humble, you know, man of God. And, you know, he, re- he resides in Chicago, Illinois with his wife and his three children. And if you want to find out more about John Veal, you can go to John Veal. That's J-O-H-N-V-E-A-L.org. And so, John, thank you, man, for joining me today. And I'm so excited to be on with you. It's been a minute, but it's good to be back on with you again. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And so, man, it's a blessing. You came on when we were doing Awaken Live, the Facebook live format. We spoke about your book that you released uh, called Supernaturally Prophetic. And since then, you've written more books. You have a podcast. You, you know, you're doing many things. You've been on Sid Roth at Supernatural. God's opened up some incredible doors for you. Um, but for those who aren't familiar with your story, and I know you shared a little bit a couple years ago on Awaken Live, but you know, for those who are listening that haven't heard your story, I would love to hear about how you first encountered the Lord and how you know how God really captured you. Well, I mean, it was it was during my college years. Uh, I was away at North Carolina uh, Central University, and someone approached me asking me about salvation, and I think initially they said. Uh, you don't have any faith. And that started an argument because there's no way I was going to have anybody tell me I didn't have faith. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was kind of a process. I was around a lot of people that were extremely religious. Uh, they told me I couldn't read magazines. I couldn't listen to any secular music. And it got to a point where it got really, really crazy because um, there was an instance where I, I went home for break and I did something that I knew I wasn't supposed to do. And I came back to North Carolina and I told my, my, my so-called brothers in Christ uh, what happened and they really condemned me. I mean, it was to the point that it was just really, really nasty. Wow. And so I left school after that. And then I, I was walking around in the form of godliness, but denying the power. I wasn't mm-hmm. really living a saved life, but I did believe in God. Yeah. And the true love for the Lord came much, much later when I had a super supernatural encounter after reading uh, Mary Kay Baxter's book, Divine Revelation of Hell. I read it almost in one night and it 
just convicted me and I just opened my heart to the Lord and I said, Lord, uh, I stand at the door and, you know, I thought a scripture in Revelation where it says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear me, open the door and I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And I said it to the best of my ability. And I just felt like God just started speaking to me. He said, pretty much this is your this is your last chance. If you don't make the right decision, the protective hair has just been around your your uh, life. Uh, your whole life, excuse me, has been around you, your whole life will be taken away from you. And I said, yes, I choose you. And automatically I felt filled up like a, a pitcher pouring into a half empty glass of water. Wow. I didn't realize at the time it was the Holy Spirit infilling me. I mean, mm. infilling me. So from that point to this point, my whole life totally changed. And I've been on the hook for Jesus ever since. <laughs> Amazing, man. I love it. I love it. And so this prophetic gifting that you have, is this something that began to manifest during that time frame when you got baptized in the Spirit? Is this something that you've kind of had a bent towards your entire life. Tell me a little bit about that. I've always had it. Um, scripture lets us know the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So ever since I was a little kid, I could find things, you know, my, my relatives lost something, they come to me. And my aunt Helen used to call me the psycho psychic because they, they had no way to define me. Yeah. So <laughs> they looked at it as like a psychic type thing, which it wasn't, but it was a gifting of God that I didn't totally understand. Sure. But I had it ever since I, as, as long as I could remember. And then I got to a point where the Lord, when I got saved, I started to become active in ministry, in my local ministry, where I was like associate pastor. And then after I left to start my own church, the Lord really released me to use the gift. One day he just told me, use your gift. And I've been using it ever since. Man, that's amazing. And so you you were another, because you wrote a book about the prophetic, Supernatural Prophetic, which is profound, mm-hmm. man, powerful. It did really well. And then you also <laughs> just released a book called Supernaturally Delivered not that long ago. I know you have a passion for deliverance ministry. You've been involved with deliverance ministry. What really ignited that in you? My spiritual mother, Ruth Brown, she wrote a great, great book called Destroying the Works of Witchcraft Through mm. Fasting and Prayer. Yeah. And she also wrote the foreword for Apostle John Eckhart's book, best-selling book, Prayers That Route Demons. So she was a powerful, powerful prophet, a powerful, powerful deliverance minister. And she was my spiritual mom for seven years. And she poured into me the prophetic and more so deliverance. And I felt like I had a mandate. I mean, there were there was a situation in 2016 where my spiritual mom passed away and it was devastating. And it was so weird because I'm, this may sound strange, but I just want to want to tell you this short story. Mm-hmm. Um, when she passed away, I was in Arizona and I was ministering. I was scheduled to minister. I was there with my wife and I just found out the news that night. And so I was tossing and turning most of the night. And there are times that I feel the presence of God. I don't see him. I feel the presence of the Lord. Uh, by my bedside. Sometimes I feel a hand on my face. I feel oil being poured on my head. It doesn't happen all the time, but every now and then I just feel God's presence. Mm -hmm. And so that night, that particular night, I felt the presence of the Lord like I normally do, but I felt another presence with God, if that makes sense. And I felt like it was my spiritual mom. And let me, I'm going to clarify this because I don't believe in ghosts, (laughs) ghosts or demons, Mm -hmm. but, but I went, I went out and I prayed, I talked to God the next day. I said, Lord, what was that? He said, she gave you her mantle. And you know, that's all God said. And I wasn't thinking about mantles. I wasn't talking about anything. And then I get back to the hotel room. My wife is there and I tell her what I just told you. And she said, she was praying to the Lord and the Lord gave her a vision where she saw a beautiful mantle with jewels and all kinds of colors on it. And the Lord spoke to my wife and said, mother Ruth, that's my spiritual mom's name, mother Ruth. Uh, her mantle was too big for just one person. It's being divided up. Um, Mm -hmm. 
between her spiritual children. And so, you know, I, even on Sid, I had to kind of clarify that because I think they were kind of looking at this story like I'm talking about a ghost. I'm not saying that I've only experienced her presence at one time. And I believe she's literally saying goodbye because I believe there's a time uh, when someone dies that the angel Lord or Jesus Christ will come and, and get ready to take them to heaven. And they may stop. They may, you know, maybe a period of time where they're still on earth before they go. And I really believe that she was basically saying goodbye, leaving her mantle and basically saying goodbye to me because I never felt her presence again like that. Wow, man, that's 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 incredible stuff. And so I really believe this is an important subject in the body of Christ right now. I, I believe your book came out at just the right time. Like I've experienced this with unbelievers, you know, traveling around the world, you know, you're meeting people that are that are possessed that need deliverance. We've seen deliverance mm-hmm. take place in people you know, all around the world that are unbelievers. But then also there's been situations where, and one specifically a story that I'll tell real quick is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, protect names here and just tell you that I was with a group of people. And, um, there was, you know, some believers that were truly solid, mature believers. And there was a couple that you could tell were just riding the line a little bit, like half in the world, half in, half in their faith. And, but there was, um, you know, a young woman who, she, uh, she, she, she felt led to pray for another young girl that was there. And, as we were praying, there was like my, and this girl had a knee pain and it was consistent knee pain. And, um, and the, and the girl who was praying, she said, I just rebuke the fear of pain. And she rebuked the fear of pain. And then this girl that was being prayed for started to wail. Like there's this deep cry that came out of her heart. She began to like, Oh, like this, this wail that came out of her. And this is not common for this girl. Like I'm telling you right now, she's not like that. I know her. It's, it's, it's very uncommon. And then the one girl that was, had her hands on her, uh, behind her was one of the, you know, she was kind of riding the line a little bit, half in the world. And she ran to the bathroom and she started throwing up and she was getting delivered as well. Like God was moving and he was setting people free from different things. And so these are believers, you know, some strong, some not, but I just believe the Lord really wants to set us free from different ailments and bondages. And you really go into that deeply in your book. Absolutely. That's that's a good point. Second Timothy, uh, the first chapter, verse seven, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. The fear is a spirit, and it can be rebuked. I, I say that throughout my book, and that's such an awesome, awesome testimony. I mean, in terms of, of when the person identified that spirit and the devil screamed out of her, you know, mm-hmm. because it was identified. And that's what demons want to do. They want to stay hidden. They, 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 they're, they're overachievers in terms of trying to uh, do crazy stuff. But the thing about it, they try to stay hidden for as long as they can. But when you hit it, when you hit that, that spirit, that spirit will react. And in my book, I really focus on getting the chief demons, the general demons, the, the head demons, because if you can get out the head demon, the chief demon, all the other demons that are attached to it will, will come out as well. I, I look at it, I, I liken it to a ball and change ball and chain analogy where if you take a heavy ball and you throw it off a bridge, anything that's attached and it has a chain on it, anything that's attached to it will go over with it. So if you can get that chief demon out, then all the others will come out as well. Because if you spend time just going one by one by one by one, what if there's a thousand demons in the person? I mean, it takes a lifetime or more than a lifetime to really get them totally free. So it's important to get that chief demon. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of people that are spooked and kind of scared even just talking about this subject. There's believers that don't, you know, they say, oh, there's not a demon behind every bush. And I don't believe we need to be so focused on the demonic that we're not focused on Christ and the angelic and the and yeah. the and the presence of God and holiness. But what would you say to someone who is almost just like spooked and doesn't want to talk about this? Because this is a very real realm. Like we need to we need to dive into this. Yeah. 
Well, it has to be, I call it in my book, I call it balanced deliverance or effective deliverance. Um, there was a time when I first got saved and I was really, I was reading everything I could possibly read on deliverance. I mean, I just knew that I was called to be a deliverance minister. Mm -hmm. And one time during prayer, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said simply, that's enough. And what he meant and what I got from what he said was basically I was too focused. I was unbalanced in terms of my focus. You know, and when he said that's enough, he said, focus on me. And mm -hmm. so I had to really, really start to really emphasize Christ more than the devils. And that's yes. what I try to do in Supernaturally Delivered. I emphasize that freedom. I, I, I focus on the Lord instead of really giving power uh, to Satan and his emissaries. So I would say, yeah, just like uh, what I did on Sid Roth, when I got on Sid Roth, my whole uh, demeanor when I was talking about deliverance, talking about supernatural delivered, I want to be real, real calm, not real excitable or on there trying to preach mm -hmm. because I knew a lot of people were afraid of the subject. So again, I, I refer back to second Timothy one and seven, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And that's what we have to realize. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. I believe when God comes in, uh, fear leaves out. I, I, when I first got saved, the fears I had against, uh, you know, uh, the fears I had concerning the demonic realm, they pretty much left me. I mean, they really did. I mean, because I've been attacked by demons. I've been, uh, I've heard demons voices speaking to me. Uh, I, I was attacked so bad. I had bruises on my arm and, and that was an incredible story, but these things are real. They are absolutely real, but we should not fear them as long as we have Jesus Christ residing on the inside of us. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And you know, as a young unbeliever, I was 14 years old. I believed in God, but I, you know, I was raised by my parents and they, you know, I, believed in God, but I wasn't about Jesus because I knew that meant I got to live exclusively for the Lord and stop doing what I'm doing. You know, Jesus to me meant follow yeah. me and live for me, you know? So I, I would pray to yeah. God when I was scared and, and stuff, but I wasn't all about following the Lord. And so anyway, I was, I opened yeah. myself up to some stuff through drugs and spending time with people that, you know, had, uh, you know, some, some dark things in their lives. And so I began to yeah. have these attacks at nighttime where I'd have, you know, really dark dreams and I would wake up feeling paralyzed and I would see demonic things in my room. I felt like I couldn't even talk, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't even utter the mm -hmm. name of Jesus hardly. I had to fight to get the name of Jesus off my lips. And when I did, they would flee. And when I got saved, it actually got worse because I believe that they were aggravated mm -hmm. and angry that mm -hmm. the spirit of the Lord won my heart and now I'm not on their side, <laughs> you know? And mm -hmm. so they were trying to bring depression. I remember I learned every authority scripture I could possibly learn. And I, and God really said, you know what, when you feel fear or when you feel any kind of demonic presence, cause I've got the spirit of discernment. Like I could, I can go into a room, I could discern Christ on someone, Christ moving mm -hmm. in the atmosphere, yeah. but I could also discern if somebody has darkness, you know, around them, or if there's a demonic yeah. presence or a shift in the atmosphere. And the Lord began to tell me yeah. just, if, if you're in darkness, just turn the light on, just glorify me, Come just on. worship me, just yes. declare the kingdom, declare the promises of God, tell the devil how defeated he is and what his ultimate fate is, <laughs> declare the scriptures that he was, he's been defeated. And so anyway, it's yeah. just glorifying him, manifesting him you know, bringing down the kingdom instead of just yelling at the devil and talking to the devil like so many people try to do all the time, you know, and the Lord, if he wants us to engage in that way, he will prompt it. But for the most part, it's usually just bringing the light in. Yes. Absolutely. Good. And you talk about it in yeah, your I book. Read, I, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I read, I, I read your testimony. I think it wasn't in your book because I did read that about you. I mm -hmm. read that somewhere about what you went through before you got saved. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think we all go through that. And I mean, 
But but that's what's so amazing about when you you declare the name of Jesus. I mean, and see, Satan thinks he has you. He's like, okay, I I have Michael. He's not going anywhere. But once you made that decision to follow decision to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. that's when everything changed, and and they yeah. start to flee. They start to run. Yeah. And so that's really I always say when the devil fights like that. First of all, he fights hard, but he doesn't fight long. Yeah. But it's also mm-hmm. a backwards compliment to you that's to good. your lifestyle yeah. because if the devil's not messing with you, then you not doing much for Christ. And he probably saw your potential. He knows what you were, you would become. Yeah. So that's why he fought you so hard. Yeah. And it backfired that's, that's for awful. sure. He's, he's not as smart it, as he absolutely. thinks he is. It backfired for sure because absolutely. I realized there's something about the name of Jesus. Even as an unbeliever, Come I begin to now. think like, Oh, the yeah. supernatural realm's real. Oh wow. The name of Jesus yeah. has power, even though I'm not serving Jesus right now, it you know, it backfired. Right. And I would have to tell myself, you know, even as a believer, when these things would take place and the enemy would whisper in my ear, mm-hmm. see, where was God? You confess the scriptures and it still happened. God's not protecting yeah. you. I would have to tell myself, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to stir myself up, encourage myself in the Lord. He wouldn't yeah. be attacking me if I wasn't an issue for him. And so, you know, <laughs> so that's where I had to come into. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. It was an encouragement to me. And you talk about discernment in your book and the need to pray for discernment. Can the average believer really possess discernment? And how is this kind of come into play when it comes to deliverance? Absolutely. I, I think if the average believer is open to God, they'll have discernment because God, I think initially God will really just show you a lot, just show you about people. Like you say, you go to different places, you can see things, you can see the Lord upon people, you see the demonic upon people. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's the Lord showing us that, but we get to a place where we can utilize the gift he already gave us, you know, that gift of discernment where we can, we can see, you know, pretty much, you know, inwardly, you know, based on our gift instead of him showing us all the time. Yeah. Because we look at it with the disciples, you know, he sent them out and he told them only take so much, you know, in terms of, of being dependent on God. So I believe in this season, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, and that's him, that's God on the inside. So, I mean, he can speak and show us certain things. And I think we need to kind of hone our gift of discernment. And we can do that through prayer, through, and when I say through prayer, instead of just talking all the time, we need to listen. We need to really listen and see, listen to what God is saying. Also see what God wants to show us. And I believe that strengthens that gift of seeing or perceiving or discerning. So I think that's very important because a lot of people are walking in a lack of discernment, especially in this hour where the devil is so blatant, you know, and right in front of them and they're not even seeing it. That's, mm. It's not good. Yeah, I, I agree. You're right. It's not good. And I just think a great prayer is the apostle Paul. He talked about the spirit of, mm. of enlightenment to awaken our hearts, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to awaken our hearts, to see Jesus That's and to good. know these spiritual realities. Like it's, I feel like it's um, a very uh, important prayer you know, to just say, Lord, open up the mm-hmm. eyes of my heart. Give me discernment. I remember reading yeah. the book of Proverbs mm-hmm. and it talking, and this, yeah. this is me as a young believer. And I remember seeing the, re, you know, reading through the book of Proverbs and it says, seek after wisdom and discernment and yeah. knowledge and discretion mm-hmm. more than riches, more than gold, more than silver. You know, just Come talking on. about how more, how, how valuable discernment is and, and, and true spiritual knowledge mm-hmm. and wisdom and discretion. We need this in the body of Christ. Yeah, out of the gifts of the spirit, I think it's one of the most neglected gifts. I mean, it's very, very important. In turn, in fact, it works in tandem with deliverance and the prophetic. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to discern 
with deliverance, what's in a person. With the prophetic, you have to kind of discern also what's in a person, what what's going on, you know, why are you showing me this? Because God can show you something and you don't always understand it, especially with the prophetic. It's not, it's not, sometimes it's not necessary, but sometimes it is because there can be more that can be done to help the person. Because when you do, when you do the prophetic, you utilize the word of knowledge, word of wisdom and prophecy, you know, all at once during that same session. And so that's why it's important to, you know, kind of develop and strengthen those gifts. And that can be done through activations, which are very, very powerful. I've done that uh, in various places in terms of the prophetic and I've seen great results. I've seen a myriad of results and people don't have to be prophets. You know, it's only, they can, you know, if they're prophetic people, if they're believers, they can definitely hear from God. Absolutely. Yes. And you, t- you talk about your book, you bring up something that, that was like, oh, wow, I'm glad he's talking about this. Cause this is not something you hear about often. It's something you also don't want to, you know, make something so weird that people get, you know, that don't really understand it. And at the same time, we know who we are and who, and what we carry. So we're not, we're not scared. Like you're talking about the spirit of love casts out fear. But you talk about in your book, like cleaning house and being careful, even what we bring into our home. And it's interesting that you said that because, you know, when I was young, you know, my mom would always listen to CBN and the 700 Club and she would always pray, you know, pr- you know, call into the hotline for prayer and everything. And for when I was young, I, I read Goosebumps books and uh, I got I had a whole mm-hmm. bunch of them, man. And um, and for and I was never I hardly even read them. Actually, I just collected them. Really? I think I read one or two, like mm-hmm. all the way through. And um, I had bad dreams for like two weeks straight. I was feeling this crazy presence in my room. I was having bad dreams. I couldn't sleep and I'd bang on the wall, try to get my mom and dad in there. And I remember like for two weeks, like every single night and I didn't even know what was going on. I wasn't scared of anything in particular. It was just a presence. And I was, I don't know, 14, 13, something like that. And uh, my mom called the 700 club and she's like, what do I do? This is what's happening. And they were like, all right, well, what is he, what is he like? What does he listen to? What is he, what is he in, in, you know, involved with? Does he have anything that seems a little bit off? And you know, and my mom couldn't think of anything except the Goosebumps books. I'd like probably 50 or 60 of them. And they go, get rid of them. I say, get rid of them. And so my mom was like, all right, whatever. So she went downstairs with the garbage bag, chucked them out of the house, you know, and prayed. And I remember my mom telling me that I was frustrated. I was like, those are my books. Why are you throwing them away? You know, as a teenager, you know, but I remember it stopped. It completely left. It didn't happen again after that. And so my mom took authority over that. And she recognized that this was actually bringing that kind of attack. And so, and you talk about that in your book a little bit. Well, first, it's so awesome that you have your um, your mom is a believer. That that's pretty. That's advantage right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about uh, a book that I had. It was a, a very very popular deliverance book, and I was a, a new believer, young believer, and I was just you know I was reading this book, and after I read it that one night, I woke up to a presence sitting on top of me where I couldn't move, and I rebuked it in the name of Jesus. And it felt like it slid down my body and then hit me again. And I did it with more authority. I was like, in the name of Jesus, you know? And so it left, it was gone. And so I told my wife, I said, baby, you know, I want you to read this book. I told her what had happened. And I said, I want to just see what happens. Uh, maybe I didn't tell her what happened. I, I just asked her to read it. But she had the same experience. That, wow. You know, something was sitting on her, you know? And I took the book. When she was gone, and I talk about it in my book, and I burnt, I burnt the book up in the bathtub. This is very, very stupid. You know, <laughs> I messed up our bathtub. My wife was like really wow. angry with me. Why would you do it? Why would you burn it in the bathtub? Yeah. And so, but this, you know, I was cool. But the thing that I realized, and I, I talk about this in, in about books that can be uh, cursed. I, I, I talked about how 
it's two ways that, you know, two ways uh, a book can kind of affect you. You can be attacked by the enemy um, because the book is of God. Okay. The devil will fight you or attack you because he wants to scare you into not reading it. Mm-hmm. The second way is that the book is cursed by the enemy. And there are literally spirits within the pages of the book, which will attack you. So you have to kind of recognize. So I'm, I'll, in retrospect, I wasn't sure if, you know, the book I was reading on deliverance was maybe, you know, the enemy trying to scare me so I would get rid of it or whether it was really a cursed book. So it's good to discern between the two and really be careful about what you read because, trust me, there are demons and you know it. There are demons in the pages. There are spirits in the pages. And you have to really be careful with what you allow yourself to entertain because some of those, some of those books that are cursed are portals for uh, demonic activity. Yeah, and even if you see it in the Bible, you know, I don't know exactly where it is in the book of Acts right now. It just popped into my brain. But when people turn from mm-hmm. idols, uh, you know, turn from other yeah. gods and demonic, you know, sorcery and witchcraft, when they heard the yeah. preaching of the apostles and they believed and yeah. they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the first thing they did was start a bonfire and get rid of all the stuff that was, you That's know, right. that was not of God. And so exactly. there's a zeal there. There is a separation there. There's. Um, saying, you know what, you sanctified me, Lord, and you perfected me, and I'm yours now, and I give my life to you, and now I separate myself from all these things that are not of you, you know, and there's something so beautiful about that. There's something so beautiful about that. There is, and sometimes we have to get part with things we really love. I mean, like you probably love those Goosebumps books. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you I was like, yeah. hey, you know, when you're a kid, right? So, I mean, there's there's things. I think we we all need to do spiritual house cleanings. I mean, sometimes we have to give up that which we love. Like, I don't have any pictures of Jesus. You know, I've seen one picture of Jesus where the eyes would follow you around. <laughs> and I said, "There's no way I'm hanging that in my house." You know, That's so funny um, that I you mean, they that. have, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be the eyes look up and look cross-eyed. No, it, it's really <laughs> bad. So there's no way I'm getting that 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 picture. So, uh, but yeah, we have to really be careful what we allow into our house because, again, in supernatural delivery, I talk about cursed objects and how to get rid of rid them out of your home. In fact, one couple, um, they were reading my book and they were on that part, and his wife had bought some jewelry, and it, it's shown it's reenacted on Sid Roth. But she bought some jewelry and she started experiencing illness and, and seeing apparitions and, you know, demons and uh, just just getting sick in her body. And they remember what I taught, what I taught in the book. And they yeah. got rid of them and rid of the jewelry and, and everything just returned back to normal. It was, it was totally calm and peaceful just by getting that cursed object out of their house. Wow. Very important to definitely do a spiritual house cleaning. That's so good. And you, it's so funny. You're talking about those pictures of Jesus. Cause I had an experience growing up. Yeah. I grew up Catholic and my mom had a vibrant faith. Went to, went to Catholic church for a lot of years until my dad got saved. Then we started to go to a word of faith church, Pentecostal word of faith church. And so, mm-hmm. um, there was this picture of Jesus, real somber, real sorrowful, like looking down and it was in my room, hanging on the wall. And it was almost like he was staring at me when I was laying in my bed. And I was always mm-hmm. kind of creeped out about that. <laughs> that portrait yeah. in my room. And then it's funny. I kept it up there for as long as I, you know, li- was in that room until I encountered Jesus in my room and he yeah. set my heart free. And I remember That's looking awesome. at that picture and wow. thinking like, Jesus doesn't look like that. And I got upset. <laughs> and I took, right. it, I took right. it down. It's right. funny. I took the Jesus picture down after I got saved. Cause I'm like, That's not my Jesus. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what Jesus I mean, that is. It's, it's, it's so, it's so, so weird kind of how, <laughs> Jesus looks different in different cultures. I mean, I've uh-huh. seen Jesus with uh-huh. a big afro and chains and muscles and, 
you know, I just said, man, <laughs> I mean, I, we, we didn't look at, it. I said, we don't know unless you've seen them personally. I don't know how he looks. I mean, these are depictions, but I mean, the way I view Jesus and see him, he doesn't look like what I've seen pretty yeah. much. So oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me, man, I know that, you know, there's people listening to this right now and I really just want to hone in on this that, you know, they're, they're struggling and they, they're going through a lot. Sure. And who knows, maybe they're struggling with certain sin habits they can't shake. Maybe they're, so, you know, maybe they feel oppressed. Maybe there's depression that is, you know, been lurking. Um, you know, you talk about how people get set free and how we could walk in freedom and liberty. I would love for you to share a little bit about that. And then, you know, feel free, you know, to go into a time of prayer, you know, and however you feel sure. led in your heart. I just know, I feel like there's two kinds of people that I would love to speak to right now. People that are trapped, that are hurting that have, you know, um, oppression and depression and all these things kind of seeping in. They want to be free. And there's also people that are, are hungry to step into this kind of ministry and they want to be used by God in greater ways. And I'd love for you to speak to them okay. right now. I just would like to say this to people. There's a difference between a struggle and a habit. A habit is something that's just purposely done. A struggle is something you're fighting against. And I really believe that a lot of listeners here are, are, fighting against something uh, that has been attached to his lives for year, years. So I speak deliverance right now and freedom right now in the name of Jesus to these people. I want to encourage you right now that there is freedom in your future. Hallelujah. There's freedom. I, I believe God, even by listening to this, this podcast right now, that you are getting free right now in the name of Jesus. I come against every habit, everything that has been attached to you, even since you've been saved, that you have been struggling with, and it's caused you discouragement and sadness. We come against that spirit in the name of Jesus, and I just want you to know that the Lord says that you are a work in progress. Not a completed work, but a work in progress. And that's why the Lord loves you, because you hate that thing that you've been doing that you hate that thing you've been struggling with yes. i just come against it in the name of jesus i speak liberty right now as never before that that thing drops off you that habit drops off you we just come against it right now in the matchless and mighty name of jesus i believe you will walk in a new freedom hallelujah you will walk in joy and not condemnation i feel that in my spirit like somebody is feeling so condemned that they're, they're feeling unworthy it's not your worthiness it's the worthiness of christ hallelujah in you the hope of glory yes so I speak and declare and decree and come against those feelings right now. God loves you. He's there for you. I encourage you and strengthen you that everyone has something that they struggle with. Hallelujah. But you are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. I speak this in the master's name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hold your head up. Stop putting it down and just keep going day by day. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent for those things that you know you can turn away from. I just speak total deliverance and total freedom as never before. And I speak it now for every listener in Jesus name. Amen and Amen. 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 So for those who are listening right now, if you want to grow in this, uh, your knowledge of deliverance ministry of the spiritual realm, if you want to understand these things, you can get a hold of uh, John Veal's book, uh, Supernaturally Delivered. You can go to his website, johnveal.org. Is there any other direction that you'd want to point them? And I really want them to have as many resources as possible because, you know, there's people that are trapped, but there's also people that are called to and longing to walk in this and really empower people and really see people set free because they're surrounded by people who are troubled and broken. And so what resources can you point out for these people and how could they get connected? Oh, well, I'm on Facebook. If they go to my public page, because I think my personal page is at the limit 
My public page is Prophet John Veal, V as in Victor E-A-L. If they can go and like that page, they can really keep up with me. They can send me messages. Uh, I saw from the Sid Ross show, there were so many people, so many responses I got from people that are struggling with demonic activity, oppression. I mean, some of it was heartbreaking. I mean, so many people are dealing with this. So yeah, that's my passion. That's my heart. I really want to help them. We have a team because uh, I'm only one person. I can't do everything, but we have a team of deliverance ministers that can reach out and talk to them and, and, and call them if need mm-hmm. be and take them through deliverance even on the phone. So those that's really great resources. Or they can write me at supernaturallydelivered at gmail.com. That's supernaturallydelivered at gmail.com. And somebody will try to get back to them right away. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. For those who are listening right now, I highly recommend John Veal's ministry. You just go to johnveal.org to find out more. Thank you so much, John, for spending time with me today, man. It's always awesome talking to you. I love you in your heart, man. Hey, love you too. Uh, It's great talking to you again. Appreciate you, man. For those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll help us get this out to more people so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast.